I'm Willow Astor, and this week on Living in the Pages, I speak with international best-selling author Paulina Simons. I know, I'm freaking out too. We discuss her love and heartbreak for her homeland, the mystical appearances of her inspiration, and the side benefits of research. Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh, my word. I can't believe I'm talking to Paulina Simon. Hi, Willow. It's so great to speak to you. So great to speak to you. I've been looking forward to this day for so long. I was telling my husband right before I called, my mom would be freaking out that I'm talking to you. She's no longer alive and she loved, loved your book. That is so nice. So there's an extra pitter-patter in my chest to have you today. Oh no, thank you so much for having me on and it's, it's really my honor. I um I really enjoy these interviews and especially to talk to people who are sort of interested a little bit in me and my work. It's always a pleasure. I love your work. Your fourth book, The Bronze Horseman, was my first book of yours and probably my favorite couple of all time. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. Thank you. <laughs> I have a lot of readers who come to me through those books, so I'm very grateful for them and you know, and thank you for letting me know that. Can you tell me a little bit about what inspired that story? Oh, sure. Well, you know, I had written three books before The Bronze Horseman, mm-hmm. and everyone kept asking me, well, why don't you write a book about Russia? You know, you're Russian, you were born in Russia. Why don't you go back to your roots? But as you see from the book that finally came from me, that was a very difficult thing to do. There was a lot to say. There was a lot to get wrong. I had a very loud, very judgmental family that um, (laughs) had a lot of, had a lot of opinions. So I had to make them proud and, uh, but also serve the story and make myself proud. So Mm -hmm. That's why it took me a little while to get my head around uh, writing it. But I, I knew that I wanted to share the story of my birth country during, you know, the war that that sort of changed the world, that cleaved the world into the before and after. Mm-hmm. And so my foray into that world was through this love story between a Red Army officer and this and this sort of young, naive girl who had, um, you know, never loved before. Uh, And so I thought it would be interesting to see the world that I knew and the world that I knew that uh, sort of my family had lived through and suffered through, through the eyes of of these two young people who were so desperately in love. And I guess that that for me was the interest. So first it was the war, Mm -hmm. but then it was really the love that brought me into, into that story. When I knew that I had them, I knew that I had a true story. Because otherwise, you're just writing really a nonfiction account of the suffering that people that you don't know live through, which right. is very good in nonfiction, but not as good in, in fiction, because fiction really needs to draw you in emotionally. Yes. And, uh, and so that's why I was happy when I had them in my head, Tatiana and Alexandra, because I knew that through them... I would be able to to tell my story um, emotionally. Oh, and emotional it is. Yeah, Tatiana and and oh, Shira. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, both of them are just beautiful characters. And I didn't know until recently that you wrote a memoir about your time when you went back to Russia. Yeah. Well, actually, what's interesting is that I I we went. My father and I went to Russia in 1998 to sort of to research 
the bronze horseman, but also we had this trip together. And when I came back, instead of writing the bronze horseman, I wrote six days in Leningrad. So I wrote the book back in 1998. It just took 15 years to bring it uh, to to my readers. Oh, wow. Well, that will be next yeah. on my, my reading list because yeah. my husband and I have been to Russia. We went in... Um, I believe it was 95 or 96. Oh, okay. And just fell in love right with me. the country yeah. and the people there. We were there for three weeks and just absolutely fell hard. Oh, that's awesome. Well, so when you read my book, actually, you might want to listen to my book because I, I read, uh, narrated the audiobook myself. Oh, yes, because yeah. I love your voice. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. So beautiful. So you might, you might hear that, but I think you might hear a little bit of a different perspective when you read Six Days in Leningrad, only because it was from a point of view of, of me and I had left Russia and now 25 years later, I returned to Russia and it's really my heartbreak at how little had changed in the country mm. that I left behind. Oh. Like I, I lived a whole life in America, but suddenly I went back to the Soviet Union, and it was it was really very painful for me and for my dad. So I think probably it's not so much like look at these beautiful things. It's yeah. more like, oh my God, our you know our heart is breaking. Right. Kind of I can understand that. Do you think you would ever go back? I really want to. And my my oldest daughter has been asking me for the last 10, 11 years as a gift to her to take her back, to take her to, to, to Russia, you know, with me. But uh, we just haven't had a chance to. We have too many kids and too many logistics. Mm -hmm. And when the kids were young, it was too hard to, I couldn't take them, but I also couldn't leave them. Like, it just yeah. was was a complicated thing. I also couldn't go to Russia without my husband because The Bronze Horseman, when my husband read it, became one of his favorite books. And so I couldn't, like, go to Russia with my daughter, but not with my husband. Yeah. So the whole thing was just, you know how it is. Yes. It's complicated. Right. But I would like to maybe maybe go back, um, you know, now uh, to see to see how it's changed. I'm curious of what it would be like now. Yeah. Well... Your trilogy has come out, or the first two books, right? Yeah. It's the end of forever. Yes. It's so different than The Bronze Horseman, but still your beautiful writing. Yeah. How do you decide which genre to pursue at any given time? Well, I don't think so, Willow. I think the genre pursues me oh. because I, <laughs> I don't, I, I didn't, I, like the way that I didn't set out to write a story about Tatiana and Alexander, they appear to me, mm -hmm. you know, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a vision sort of in the middle of the night. And so I knew that I had something there because they appeared to me as if they were real. And the same thing with Julian in, in the end of forever story, he appeared to me, mm. but more so his entire story appeared to me. Like in the course of a two hour period, uh, five years ago, I literally saw his entire story, his mm. search for Josephine, his desperation, the feeling that time was running out, uh, all of these things. I And what's amazing is that five years later, despite all my revisions and all my, uh, you know, Sturm and Drang and all the, all the difficulties that I've had writing this book and making these books what they're meant to be and what they were supposed to be, how close my eventual story remained 
to the two-hour story that first came up in my head back wow. in 2014. Yeah. So, so it's not like I chose him. He mm-hmm. chose me, you know. I love that. How much research goes into a project before you even start writing? Well, the, the answer is that I use research as a type of a procrastination. Uh, yes. Sort of, right? <laughs> right? You know that well. Uh-huh. Sort of, oh, I, so I, I did that with The Bronze Horseman too. And with this book, even more so because this book involved so much research into so many areas that I just, I just had no idea about. And because of the different periods these books are set in, I had to research each one of them individually. I had to learn what men's hair looked like and what women's mm-hmm. fashion looked like and what how people talked and mm-hmm. all the historical events and the scientific events. Like You would be shocked to find out that in 1603, the British did not have tea. I myself was oh, shocked to find this out. Yes. You know, it's like little stuff like that, aside from, of course, electricity. But even there, when did electricity come to England? Mm-hmm. Like you think that, oh, they had it in the 19th century, but you know, they had gas lamps, right, before the electricity came. And then when electricity came, the gas lamps like vanished. And there was a very short period that that, that happened, and you got to know that. Right. And so, and, <laughs> right. So, w- what happens is, at first, you say, uh, "I well, I can't write my story until I know about this period." And then suddenly, the learning about the period <laughs> takes over. It's, right, completely becomes its own thing. Well, I and then I say to my husband, "I I can't do anything until I go to England. I can't even write the book until <laughs> I, I I I now I have to go. I've got to live there. I got to walk across the bridge, and I've got to you know. So it really it really is is almost funny at first, but then what happens is when you start writing your story, you start only researching the parts that you actually need because in the end you need a lot more stuff and Mm -hmm. different stuff than you thought in the beginning like i didn't even know the stuff about la that i needed or the stuff about movie making or or oh the stuff about you know world war ii until i started writing it and said oh i need to find out what the roads looked like or Mm -hmm. what people did for a living because that's what was necessary for my story. So I guess at first I use it as procrastination, but then when I actually start writing the story, I try to be uh, much more economical in, in what I'm looking up. Do you write every day? I write every day when I am deep in the middle of it. It's It takes me a while to start a book because that's the hardest thing mm-hmm. um, because you don't want to make a mistake. You don't want to go down the wrong road because then you've going to, you, you know, you do have to then return and start again. I always have to think very carefully about when I'm going to start any story in particular. And this one in the end of forever, I started it in one place. And then two years later, I realized I had to start it in another place. And so I had to sort of scupper that and, and start again and rewrite all the stuff that I'd been working on for the first two years. Wow. Yeah. So I do try every single day to move something in the story along, Mm -hmm. whether or not it's a poem, whether or not it's a paragraph, a sentence, a piece of research. And then when the book is flowing, then of course I'm writing pages and pages. But I I sort of, when I'm in my office, I set myself 
the 12 hours or 13 or 10 or whatever. And in that time, you hope that you get, you get a little work done. Right. <laughs> and, and you're not just like, on your knees on the floor biting your nails saying oh. how am I ever going to get this done <laughs> <laughs> how long does it typically take you to write a book well I suppose historically if we look at sort of the way that the books have been published one about every two years mm -hmm. but these books took me five years um but they're also the size, the entire trilogy is the size of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Wow. Probably a little bit, a little bit longer, you know? And so <clears throat> that took me, that took me a while. But like with the Bronze Horseman, I saw Tatiana and Alexander in 1990, uh, I guess 1996 for the first time, right? And then, and Did then. Did you dream them as well? Well, I, I, I like I was, it was a, an awake dream. I, I literally mm -hmm. saw them in, in like a vision, right? But I didn't go to Russia until 1998 and then didn't actually start properly writing The Bronze Horseman until 1999. But then from 1999 to 2005, I had the most incredible period where I wrote The Bronze Horseman. Tatiana and Alexander. In the middle of that, I wrote The Queen of Lake Ilmen, which is part of the third book of The Summer Garden. Mm. Then I wrote The Girl in Times Square, which is my detective story oh my of uh, between Lily and Spencer. And then in 2005, I wrote the entire Summer Garden and published it in 2005. Wow. So those six years were like, you know, I uh, were incredibly. Um, uh, productive because I had the story, I had mm -hmm. the characters, I had the story. All it was was physically my inability to write as fast as I could, you know, dream it up in my head. But some books take a lot longer and, and, and harder. But I would yes. say one every two years, uh, one year to write the book, one year to uh, rewrite it. <laughs> one year <laughs> one year to write the book and one year to actually make it uh, readable. <laughs> Does it ever get exhausting having to talk about, for example, the Bronze Horseman when you've moved on in your career and in your mind and you're ready to talk about your new characters? So the new characters are more vivid for me, right? Mm -hmm. So because you're, you, it's like your new puppy, your new baby. Yes. You, you just had them so they're precious to you and they're dear to you. But all of my books, I you know, remember quite vividly, really at any point I could just like, okay, I can talk about this. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't remember the song that my daughter told me to listen to yesterday. I don't remember the name of that song, but, but my God, all my, my 15 books, I remember quite vividly. So no, I never get tired of talking about the bronze horseman, but I do sort of as myself, you know, I wrote that book, like I say, almost 20 years ago, mm -hmm. right? And in fact, it was 20 years ago, 1999 wow. yeah. is when I wrote it. And I've written many, many books since then mm -hmm. and many books that have meant a great deal to me. And this End of Forever trilogy means a tremendous amount to me. It took me an incredible effort and, and perseverance and a lot of of my heart and passion and my suffering went into writing this book. So, of course, what I want is for people to read them and say, oh, my goodness, I, I love them and I want to talk to you about them. But I'm never, I'm never, never sad to, uh, I still hear so much from that, from my readers about the Bronze Horseman. So I'm always very, very happy to hear about, about that and about Tully and about any of my other books. 
Let me just interrupt for a second to let you know that Living in the Pages is part of the Frolic Podcast Network, a podcast community of everything romance-related, from book club-style discussion, author interviews, comedy, critique, you name it. Find new shows to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcast. And now, let's get back to our interview. And you have a cookbook out, too? I have a, yeah, I have a cookbook. <laughs> the cookbook came because I got my former publisher slightly inebriated at the Algonquin <laughs> Round Table. Yeah, so we were having a little annual meeting, and after three or four drinks, I was like, hey, I have a great idea. And so then she comes, <laughs> she comes back to England and says, Listen, guys, she says in her editorial meeting, I don't know how I did this, but I really think that I agreed to publish Paulina's cookbook. And they, and they were like, what? <laughs> but I really enjoyed doing it. All the recipes there, I, I made myself. That's awesome. I think it needs a, a little refresher because I've I've uh, sort of perfected some of them oh, since then. okay. Yeah, yeah. So it needs a couple of, uh, I think maybe a little, another addition, but yeah, I really enjoy doing that. That's so fun. Let's do a fast five. I will ask you questions and you answer off the top of your head. Ooh, okay. Chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Noted. <laughs> Favorite book boyfriend. Favorite book boyfriend. What? Oh, <laughs> dar- <laughs> um, love it. Uh, D'Artagnan. Oh, your fallback meal. Oodles of noodles with fried mushrooms inside. Mm. Red or white? Red. Oh, wait, wine? Wine. Yes, red. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Last movie you loved? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, also The Joker, I guess, which I just saw yesterday. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a masterpiece. My husband just saw that yesterday, too. I didn't go. I'm scared of The Joker. Oh, you're scared of the Joker? Well, I am. Yeah, it was it was incredible, and he was incredible, and the the whole thing was incredibly well done. It was a great story. Cool. But once upon a time in Hollywood is a kind of a thing that you still keep thinking about days and days later, mm. weeks and weeks later. Is that the yeah. one with Leonardo and Brad? Yeah, Leonardo and Brad Pitt. I've it's been wanting Tarantino. to see that. Yes. Okay, yeah. I'm putting it on my list. What's your yeah. go-to ritual for writing? Do you have a, something you do every time? No, I. But I, I, I myself, I'm not necessarily a routine girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, though I do like to. Um, sometimes when you fall out of routine, it's hard to uh, return to writing. But so when I'm really deep in the middle of something, I usually just go to my and I usually write first thing in the morning. Like mm. I would take my daughter to school, and then I would come in, and at eight, eight o'clock, I would just sit down on my little laptop at my little desk and mm-hmm. and just uh, and just go to it. So I don't necessarily have like an apple on my right side, you know, and certain, <laughs> mu- and certain music playing because I don't want to do anything to take me out of the writing. Yeah, so. that makes sense. Are there any signings you're going to be doing this year or next? I was just in England uh, promoting the book. I just went to Australia and New Zealand to promote the book. Ooh. I just did a signing in, a, in an event in Sparta, New Jersey, talking about the, the Tiger Catcher and Beggar's Kingdom. And I'm going to uh, Dubai in a couple of weeks for the Writers' Festival there. Wow. And uh, yeah, so also to talk about, about the book. So, And I think I'm also going to go to Poland for the publication of Inexpressible Island there in May. 
Mm. So I'm going to be traveling a little bit for that. I would love to put a little plug in for the PLN retreat in Marrowstone, Washington next June. Oh, that sounds amazing. (laughs) Washington State? You would love it there. It's a winery. It's beautiful. It's a small, intimate event. Well, you had me at retreat. You had me at yes. retreat in Washington. I'm going. Okay. Where do I sign up? <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you all about it. Oh, please. It's dreamy. Willow, I, I, I am, I am a, a freakish a Twin Peaks fan. Oh. And so Washington State, this is one of the three states that I've never been to. And <gasps> oh, my I, word. I'm dying, dying to go. You dying have to, to come. Oh, my goodness. It is the most beautiful place. I always get dreamy-eyed when I go, like, how could I ever afford to live oh, amazing. here, too? It's oh, wonderful. Sounds, oh, that sounds amazing. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. You I'm must come. So I'm curious, too, about all the places you've lived and where you live now. What part of the world are you in? Oh, so right now I live in New York. I live about um, 50 miles out of New York on Long Island. Okay. So I live near the water now, and it's, and it's, uh, it's quite beautiful here. Uh, but I've also lived, uh, well, of course, I've lived in Russia. I've lived in Italy, wow. in Rome, Italy, while we were waiting for permission to enter the United States, mm-hmm. uh, me and my family. So I lived there. I lived in London for five years Man. with my first husband, and I had my first job there uh, when I was uh, when I was in my 20s. And I lived in Texas for oh. uh, four years because my second husband's job took us there. And so we had... Um, Oh, uh, we had a very good few years living there. Do you have a favorite place? Well, I think New York is my home. Mm. It feels like my home. But as a place to go to, Rome is unbeatable. Mm. Uh, but I just took my daughter to Paris uh, for her graduation Fine. trip. And, oh, we just completely love that. But I have to say, if I could live in another place, I would live in London again. Because yes. London is now uh, magical. I didn't see it quite the same way when I was in my 20s because I really missed America mm-hmm. then. But now I see London for what it is, which is, you know, one of just the world's greatest cities. And in fact, the End of Forever trilogy is almost like a love letter to London. Oh. It is really about yeah. London's character and London's spirit also as much as it is about Julian's and Josephine's um, spirit. I can't wait to read that one. I have the first two and I'm excited about the third. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, there's so much of London in there and it's just the most heartbreaking London. I've been there one time only and it got deep, deep in my heart. So I love it. So where are you based? I live in Minnesota. I grew up in California, and I lived in Texas some, too, in Tennessee, but my husband's from Minnesota, and we've lived here a long time. Well, Minnesota is awesome. My father, we used to go fishing in Minnesota and then go to Canada, and my father always used to just rave, rave about Minnesota when 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 we visited there. Yeah, it's a gorgeous, beautiful state. It really is, and the people here have my heart There's yeah something special completely people in minnesota yeah i agree well it's time for us to sing a song <laughs> <laughs> not, not if you want our readers to come back and listen to you and also uh, read any of my books we, we <sighs> they would probably they would probably thank me not to do that okay what song are we singing oh i love you so much jenny and the old stones 
Well, when I thought we were doing this from your cruise, I had the love boat. That was going to be our song. <laughs> da, 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 Game of Thrones. Da, 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 oh, da, da, yes. Game of Thrones. Or what about when a man loves a woman? Oh, when a man loves a woman. He can, what? No, nobody else? Can't keep his mind on yeah, nothing else. He can, oh, okay. Then how about this? How about a Russian song? Ooh, yes. Uh, or what, what do you know? What Russian song do you know? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. That's a that's they, they sang that in uh, the Deer Hunter in the very beginning when they were when they were still happy and uh, and hadn't gone to Vietnam yet. I love that was, it. That was great. Yeah, I feel like I got um, some words when I was in Russia, but now all I remember is Pajalsta. Pajalsta. <laughs> what about Yalublutibia? Oh, I did hear that. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's amazing. I love you. Say it again. Shura. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you picture anyone in your mind that we could picture in our minds when you think of him? I know. So when I wrote him, he was very vivid to me. But people have people have their own ideas about mm-hmm. them. And Tatiana was very clear to me. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't explain to you how, you know, the words on the page are sometimes so powerful that people take them mm-hmm. and make them what they need to be. And I think our yeah. imagination is more vivid so much better. than anything. Do you know that I had a man who loved, loved the Bronze Horseman books, who literally thought of Tatiana as br- a, a brunette, as what? black hair. I, I swear to God. And I, You're and like, I did you him, read the book? <laughs> and that's what I said. That literally is what I said. He says, yes. I said, literally every other word out of Alexander's mouth <laughs> is her blonde hair. Yep. Every other word. And he says, what? Wow, that's funny. I, I always pictured her as dark haired. He says, I think maybe because my own wife is dark haired and little. Yep. So, so, you know, I don't, I did think that Henry Cavill was very, very mm. close to that strong, um, strong face, strong body, tall uh, sort of character that I, that I liked. Also a young Colin Farrell, but he was mm. not tall enough, yes. but Colin Farrell had a great that face. face and yes. a go- yeah. And Heath Ledger had a great voice. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I like take these, these um, like little parts of different people and make them into, into, into the things that I need. I'm still rooting so hard for this to be a movie Me or too. a series or something. <laughs> I too. will be dancing on the table when that day comes, just so you know. Me too. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Willow. I would love for that to happen. That would be magical. Well, you are magical. You are just a delight. Oh. And I'm so honored oh, well, you came you. on here today. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for having me on your show. But you didn't tell me, red or white? Oh, uh, it depends on the day for me. <laughs> I like both so much. <laughs> really? And what about you? Do you have a ritual for your own writing? I Lately, I'm into setting a timer for 20 minutes and sprinting for those 20 minutes. Like, get all my ideas in my head and just going in 
hard. Nice. Shutting everything off. And it's working for me right now. So, well, well what see. happens at the end of 20 minutes? What if at, tw- at the end of 20 minutes, you're still gangbusters? You continue? Yep, I keep going. And then usually nice. I, if maybe do two or three of them and then get up and stretch and pet my dog and oh. get a cup of tea or whatever and then go back in and go back in well that's that's good because that's how john steinbeck used to do it he used to uh, lay out all of his pencils neatly sharpened <laughs> and he would work until all of the pencils were uh dull and Aww. then he would get up so that's how he used to like set his day in the morning with that's all so of great. his sharpened pencil yeah so you're, <laughs> you're, you're kind of doing that with your timer yes so good, good on you <laughs> Anyway, it's really been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, you so much. Have a great rest of the day. Okay, you too, Willow. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye now. Oh, my word. Wasn't she amazing? I am just still in shock and love her so much more. She's so dreamy. All right. Have a great week, you guys. I'll see you next time. Living in the Pages is part of the Frolic Podcast Network, a podcast community of everything romance-related. From book club-style discussion, author interviews, comedy, critique, you name it. Find new shows to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.